Welcome, everyone, to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager, joined here in the 1957 conference room by Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Well, Greg, exciting times here in Braves country. We're wrapping up our first homestand as we're speaking. Braves have looked pretty good so far, a little banged up, but all in all, we're winning more than we're losing. At the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. And our guest today has been, I think, a really exciting and fun part of the story of the 2023 Braves so far, at least the, how we consume it. Uh, Brandon Godden, the new play-by-play voice of Bally Sports South for, for Braves games. Uh, he and Frenchie have been doing just a phenomenal job. Uh, I talk about it a little bit in here. Of course, the social media feedback with Brandon as the new voice has just been over the top positive and it should be because he's he just he sounds like he like he from day one like he just instantly sounds comfortable and like he's supposed to be there and as you and i just found out he's a heck of a nice guy to talk to too isn't he i agree and i think a lot of that has to do with him just growing up loving the braves i think it's always when there's a perfect fit like that it it just works out so hearing his story i think um you know our fans are going to be excited to hear about him they've probably read some on social media and and uh, I think that's why it just has been it's been a pretty smooth transition. But yeah, I loved getting to know him, reading his story, now hearing his story, meeting him. It, uh, it's a pretty good treat today. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Let's get right into it because we we touched on in our 30 minutes with him. We touched on a little bit of everything. It was a really fun conversation. And as we all said at the end of it, we hope it's the first of many conversations we have with him. So without further ado, here he is, Brandon Gordon. Well, hey, Brandon, I appreciate you joining us on Behind the Braves. I know that... Um, Sometimes it can feel like drinking from a fire hose whenever you come into a new situation. I mean, you're a pro. You've been around. You've been doing uh, broadcasting for a long time. Bunch of different, um, I don't know, do you call them genres or uh, <laughs> yeah. whatever? <laughs> that works. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you've been you've been doing things all over the place, but and then you're no stranger to Atlanta. You were just saying that you um, live here in the off season. But I am curious to see, not everybody has to work with, you know, Jeff Francoeur. <laughs> so um, I know that that can be a major adjustment. So I'm just curious how that's been going. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. The first person that called me when it was announced that I got the job was Jeff. And mm-hmm. I didn't, obviously, I knew who he was and I knew his voice. I didn't have his number in my phone. So this 678 number pops up and I thought, well, this is probably somebody affiliated with <laughs> brave since the news just broke and i picked it up he didn't even introduce himself he just said (laughs) he goes you better get used to hearing this voice and and then i think the second thing he asked me was do you drink bourbon so (laughs) uh, but no he i I mean i know you're joking he's been phenomenal Mm -hmm. i mean he's we're the same age we're in a different life stage from the standpoint that he has four kids i don't have any children but we kind of have the same sense of humor and he just seems to really enjoy life and he brings a lot of energy to the booth so selfishly for me working with him it's been a very easy transition yeah that's great well Jeff's one of the good ones we we love uh, being able to talk with him and of course he and I kind of um, didn't really you know play at the same time he came in right after I was done and but uh, he's a great personality and love always Lift talking. I'm surprised he didn't say, "Do you like blueberry beer instead of uh, bourbon?" Right? I have heard about Frenchie's Blues, yes, and about his blueberry farm. And that's right. Last night on air, we talked about his dogs and his kids. So I, yeah, I'm learning the full landscape of Jeff Francoeur. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. And you know he likes sweets. So I, I noticed the the cream oatmeal pies. Oh yeah, <laughs> we we started the thing where OCP per nine oatmeal cream pies yeah. per nine to see how many he eats that's per great. game. And and right now he's at about six per nine innings, which is a pretty impressive rate to be honest. 
honest with that you. That is. Well, you know, he's still his genes are still doing well. He's not at that age where he ha- has to worry about that. He yet, tells right? me at some point it's going to catch up to him. But right, <laughs> well, the thing is, too, he's just like such a busybody. He's always moving. I think he burns a zillion calories a day. Mm-hmm. He plays a ton of golf. So right now it's good. But someday you would think that those oatmeal cream mm-hmm. pies will catch up with yeah. him eventually. Well, it's only been a couple weeks. So how are you feeling about things? You feel like this is where it was supposed to be to begin with? Yeah, it's still really that kind of honeymoon phase where you need to pinch yourself pretty much on a nightly basis. I mean, this is the job, as you were alluding to, that I grew up hoping to have someday. I was the biggest Braves fan there was. I was a Superstation kid through the 90s. And in my various stops in broadcasting, my eye was always on the Atlanta Braves because that's what I grew up loving was Braves baseball. And through that, following the Braves on TBS, I fell in love with broadcasting by listening to Skip, Don, Joe, and Pete. Mm. So, and Skip Carey was obviously the lead voice of that, so he was kind of the idol. And I never thought that the Braves job would open. These jobs just don't open very often. But when that news broke, of course, with the position that I was in, living in Atlanta and loving the Braves so much, I thought, well, if there's ever a team job that I would love to go after, it's no doubt this one. And just so fortunate and thankful that it was able to work out the way that it did. Well, you've already alluded to it, and anybody that's that's followed – since the news broke that you were going to be the guy uh, and they followed you on Twitter, I mean, the the thread you put together right when it was announced was just so perfect. I mean, it was like, I remember telling somebody, because I oversee the Brave social media accounts, and I remember telling somebody, like, they're going to think that we, like, paid this guy to, to <laughs> say all this because this is too perfect. Like, you can't script this stuff. This is like Hollywood would be like, ah, it's, that's too unreal. But it is real that, that you grew up, in, like, idolizing Skip and the guys, pretending to be Skip, mm-hmm. and wrote Skip a letter, and he wrote wrote you back and that you still have the letter. It's just incredible. Tell, tell us about how would you emulate Skip? I mean, would you literally, you'd set up like an actual like booth and you would call the games yourself? And at what age was that you were so, calling games? So I came down to the 91 World Series Game 5 Braves Twins. That's the first professional sporting event that I ever attended. And of course, at that time, seven years old, that's about where your memory starts, right? You know, pre that, you don't really remember much, but I remember vividly walking into Fulton County Stadium. I remember getting my first foam tomahawk from the tomahawk stand. I remember putting tomahawk tattoos on my cheeks with my mom in the bathroom. (laughs) And I remember Mark Lemke's triple to right field with the bases loaded that broke it open in the seventh inning. I remember all of that like it was yesterday. And so that was the first thing. That was the conduit to get me to start to like the Braves. And then I like, oh my goodness, they're on every night on TBS. So my parents told me about that and I would watch them every night from 92 on. And I said to my parents at that age, at seven and eight, I said, I like listening to the announcers. I remember telling them that, and they remember that conversation. And so it's so strange. I don't know what possessed me to do this, but my mom had just finished a paper towel roll, and the cardboard insert of that paper towel roll, I thought, that could be a bat. And my mom helped me get some duct tape, and I put it on one end, so that was the handle of the bat. And I took a balloon, and I put a piece of scotch tape around the balloon, and that was my ball. That was my bat and ball. And I would sit in the foyer of our home in Evansville, Indiana, and I would throw that little wadded up balloon up and hit it with that court cardboard insert and I would run the bases I had pillows down for bases pillows in the outfield for the fence and I would call the games as if I was Skip Carey and I played the Braves schedule if the Braves were playing the Reds that night I was playing the Reds and I did the lineup that the Braves did and I announced the games like I was Skip and I would do that all throughout the summer and I did it 7, 8, 9, 10 and that's just what I did and I fell in love with it and I, I just when watching the broadcast sure I wanted to be a player and I played baseball but it's 
some point you realize, you know, you're not Greg McMichael. You're not going to be playing in the major leagues. So uh, you, you think, okay, well, maybe I can at least announce for the Braves. And that's what happened. And uh, here we are today. It's, it's, it's hard to fathom that it all worked out like it did. I keep using the word fortunate, but I, I just really feel fortunate to have had the opportunity. Do you remember, uh, and again, if you're listening to this and haven't seen the letter that skips at Brandon, go to Brandon's Twitter and check it out. You probably have if you're listening to this, but do you remember receiving that letter? Oh, yeah. Do you remember what that felt like? Oh, yeah. I remember. I I can't say that I remember writing the letter. I remember the thought of writing the letter, but I can't say that I physically remember sitting down and writing it. But I remember after I sent it out, checking the mailbox a few days after that every day forward. And it took a couple months until that letter came on the Turner letterhead from Skip. And thankful to him that he had the foresight to put my original letter back into the letter that he wrote back to me. People, oh, wow, people yeah. have said, now wait, how do you still have the letter that you sent him? Well, thankfully, he was very kind and he thought, well, maybe this kid would want this someday. And he put my original letter back in there with it. And his reply to me, what he said wasn't, there was nothing earth shattering in there. The thing that I took from it the most was that he said, make sure to tape yourself broadcasting a game and go back and listen and critique yourself. So I would sit in front of the screen and sometimes mute the TBS feed in my little tape recorder, call the game and then go back and listen to it. And I hated my own voice. So many. <laughs> I just remember, hey, I was like, mom, I hate doing this. But I I did it because Skip recommended it. Uh, but but anyways, that letter, just the fact that he wrote to me, I think maybe humanized him a little bit to me because he was just this icon on television that wasn't real. But when I got that letter from him and then three years later, I would come down to a Braves game and actually meet him in person. In a strange way, it kind of humanized and it kind of gave me even more of an appetite to try to get into this business. That's great. Have you had a chance to, um, do you know Chip at all? Did not know Chip okay. until the day that I got the job. He sent me a very nice text message nice. and congratulated nice. me. I had watched Chip, you know, just like you guys and everybody else. I'd watched Chip for years, but had never come across him and had a chance to exchange text messages with him and tell him kind of what he and his family and his father meant to me mm. in my career. And then when the Braves played in St. Louis, we all went out, the broadcast crew on the Braves side and Chip, and we all went out and, and had a drink after that first game. And that was wonderful. I mean, it was Tremendous, tremendous for everybody on our crew to get to see Chip again and kind of close that door. And for me to be able to be there and thank Chip in person and be able to chat with him, that was a really special moment. That's awesome because, you know, Chip grew up in St. Louis. So, I mean, I'm sure that was a, a somewhat of a dream come true for him too as well to have that opportunity and couldn't say more um, good things about Chip and how he treated us and, and just, you know, he's a professional too and does, does such a great job. I have fond mem- memories of Skip just being a young player and Mm -hmm. of course I grew up watching the Braves it was the Cubs in the afternoon and it was the Braves in the evening and and listen to those guys and it was very surreal for me too as well to be able to um, make this team and be a part of it but I, you know, honestly, Ricky and I have talked about this even with our guests. I feel very fortunate just to be, to have been able to have played for the Braves, you know, Mr. Sherholtz and Bobby Cox and, and Ted, getting to know Ted Turner and all that and, and being a part of this organization as a player because there's plenty of players that play and never get to be in an organization mm-hmm. like this. And then fast forward to be able to be in an organization where you're working in the front office and you see that the excellence that we had on the field is, is just the same excellence that's in the front office. And, of course, you know, all of Alex and his group and what they brought to the table. So every day I am so thankful just to be here and be a part of and, and my career to be, be able to be extended and to be a part of this organization. Because you know what? It's it, we're spoiled. And I know that because I talk to other people around the league 
not only as a player, but also as a front office person. And I know that it's not like this everywhere. Yeah. And I've, so. I've heard that from a number of people. And the first experience for me was on my interview. I remember sitting first with the Bally Sports folks, but then... Derek Schiller brought me into his office and Alex Anthopoulos was in there. And I thought, you know, for the president and the general manager to sit with potential broadcast candidates, and they sat with me for about 45 minutes, and they were really in tune with the broadcast and what they wanted it to sound like. And for them to take that keen of an interest in that position, I thought, you know, that's a, probably a pretty good sign that what I've heard about how this Braves organization is run, it's probably true. And every step of the way since then, even though it's only been about a month, I have felt that. I have been so impressed with the the front office not only that but with with snit with the coaches with the players there mm. really aren't any bad apples mm. and I, I had heard that coming in but you think eh, there's probably a couple i'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out as you go but that's right. everybody has just been top notch and that's what i missed the last six or seven years of my career when i would travel around for fox or big 10 network you're kind of like a nomad all right so you helicopter in and you do a, a colts game and then you do a red sox game but you're just traveling by yourself what i love love about this opportunity. A, it's the team that I grew up cheering for and loving. Yes, that's the, that's the cherry on top. But you get to develop relationships. You mm-hmm. see the same people. You're part of a team in a small way that you're not when you're doing it from a national perspective. And so that that's what I really wanted to sink my teeth into. And having the people around you, when they're good people, it makes it even better. And, and that's what I'm coming to find out, that the Braves just have good people. Yeah, that's great. We're glad you're here. What do you think about the team so far? Well, I think right now we need to get the pitchers healthy and the position players healthy you know it's hard to say after two weeks i know you're worried about being healthy you look at darno and harris and freed and right got back last night but you just you look at the number of guys on the il the good news is jeff and i've been talking about there's no 60 day il designations here so these guys that have gone down it's been something short and then they can return but just knock on wood getting getting everybody healthy i think it's clear that when the lineup is healthy and intact it's just about as good as there is in the game Uh, you look at one through three. Good luck with that. But the Braves have gotten more production out of the nine hole in large part thanks to RC, even though he's bounced up to seventh and eighth some. But the nine hole production has been the best in the majors as well. So there, there's really no break for an opposing pitcher when everybody's healthy. I just think right now, as, as you guys know just as well as I do, the focus is can we get that starting rotation healthy and kind of figure that out? Get Iglesias back at the back end of the bullpen and fortify that. But when everybody's healthy, I mean, look, this team is as good as any. There's just no question about it I agree with that absolutely so how has it been not only new gig new job but also new rules to go along with that I mean how is that even for me in the social media I'm so used to a certain pace of how things go and it's like I'm now almost a decade in it's like part of my brain has to be reprogrammed but I like the flow of the game better now I think they've done they've made good improvements but it's definitely different and it's adjustment so for you being live on the air and also new rules how's that adjustment been yeah it has been an adjustment overall the positives far outweigh the negatives mm-hmm. the tough thing to navigate from a broadcast perspective is obviously it changes the amount of time that you have to go back and forth with your analysts in between pitches now with television you can talk over a couple of pitches they can see what's going on but you just kind of have to be cognizant of that well maybe i don't want to launch into this story here with two outs because the outs are coming so much quicker and you're just kind of that's in the back of your mind i think it's even harder on our 
our production crew because the Braves show, show is sold so much. There's so many sales elements that are in the Braves show. And so our producer, Gretchen Caney, she's got to find spots to get all these advertising elements in. And when you take 25 minutes out of a broadcast because the game length is 25 minutes shorter, that's very significant. Mm-hmm. So she's thinking, when am I going to get this Delta added? When am I going to get this Truist? <laughs> and, and it's hard for her. So I really think the hard part has been her trying to figure out, okay, when can I sneak all these sales elements in? Uh, but for Jeff and I, it's, it's just kind of getting that cadence of knowing that don't launch into a story here because the inning might mm-hmm. be coming to a close quicker than in previous years. But it sounds like you guys are in agreement. Uh, it seems universally that this is a good thing for baseball. Everybody seems to think that way. And I certainly have felt the games are crisper. They're more enjoyable to watch. And I think the fan experience has been increased because of it. Well, now that's his opinion. It wasn't my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like changing rules, you know, but I, I understand. I, I assume, I mean, have you guys seen any of the analytics on the length of the game? Is it's it- gone from three. So so the first three, what are we, two and a half weeks in, whatever it is. At this time last year, games were 307. Right now they're 239. Oh. I mean, that's, that's pretty significant. The yeah. violations, just like the minor leagues last year, continue to go down. They're at about .85 violations per game, which is where they were last year. I think they settled around .78 by the end of the year. Uh, so I know that the front office of Major League Baseball, this is what they wanted. I'm sure there are some players that uh, the Padres, I know, were pretty outspoken, especially their hitters, with feeling like they needed more time in between pitches. Hmm. And that's why, I don't know if you noticed, the Padres took a lot of timeouts. Like You can get one timeout if okay, you're a hitter yeah. for a bat. The Padres really utilize those more so than any other team the Braves have played. And that that's something that they're trying to incorporate to slow the game down a little bit. But look, I, I, it's going to take an adjustment for everybody. But I I think by and large, at least for me, the pace of the play and taking out some of that dead time has made it a little more enjoyable. Yeah. The only thing I, I thought was interesting was last night when there was a play at the plate. Um, the Reds threw the ball into the catcher and Riley came and slid and just touched the heel of the catcher and David Bell, you know, goes and talks to the umpire like, hey, you know, you can't touch him. I mean, like, yeah. I'm like going, what? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, he would have been flat on his back, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah, but, times uh, have but, changed. But it was interesting how he, he they did notice that he touched his heel and maybe the catcher said something, mm. but they literally reviewed that to yep. see if he interfered. And I thought, wow, that's kind of, that's getting a little nitpicky there. But, you know, I guess they have the right to do that. They, yeah, I mean, as long as he calls for the review uh, of an interference, they have to review it and he lost the challenge because there wasn't anything there yeah. now if they had ruled that riley did something wrong there i would have said wait a minute you got to read the rule book because tapping somebody's shoe yeah. is not. now if he yeah. had been outside of the base path or if he had just absolutely bowled him over and not even tried to slide then obviously yeah. there's a violation there but no he was he was well within his rights to do what he did well i've noticed a couple times where and i don't know i'm sure every manager is different so we've got the guy out in san francisco that drives me crazy Cape kapler it? kapler yeah, so he's, I, he's Max's I, we haven't played manager. him yet, but um, but I would imagine that he, you know, David Bell's kind of borderline. But I would imagine I noticed that David Bell kind of had some back and forth with the umpires, and I don't know if it had to do with the pitch clock. He thought that hey, hey, you know, he it was a violation, and they were going back and forth, and he's like, no, no, I called timeout, and yeah. So there's a lot of that that kind of gamesmanship. So I, I would imagine that as a pitcher and the and the the manager kind of going back and forth on some of those nitpicky things can 
try to get underneath the pitcher's skin and make him hurry and get out of his routine yeah. as well. Yeah. I know there was guys, I think about Steve Avery and, and myself and some guys that worked really, really fast. Mm-hmm. The pitch clock would have never been an issue. But then there are guys like Mark Wollers was a little bit slower, you know, and guys who were a little bit more deliberate that would have, you know, maybe some issues. Glav, you know, he was a little bit more deliberate that may have, they were bumping up against that time. But, but so I could see where the manager can kind of, have you seen any of that where the managers have kind of tried to nitpick some of those? And Well, and I think some of that by David Bell could even be delivered. I think that's what we're going to see is managers trying to buy time for their players mm-hmm. occasionally. So maybe they bark something out at the umpire for a clarification just to buy a few extra seconds. I was wondering if David Bell didn't do that a couple times last mm-hmm. night. I can see that. The, the other thing I think with the rules uh, that is going to be interesting to watch is when you get deep in the postseason and you're in the ninth inning and it's two to one and you got a tense moment, I think it is nice to build the drama with a little extra time. You know, the pitcher takes a step behind the mound, wipes his brow. You got a big at bat. There's two down. Everybody's on their feet. And sometimes you don't want that moment rushed. So I could see a situation where maybe after this year, Major League Baseball says, okay, hold on. We're going to make a rule that in the ninth inning of a game that's three runs or less, instead of 15 seconds with no with the bases empty, it's 20, and maybe it's 25 with runners on, just to let that drama build a little bit more. Because I don't, I don't know that you want those big moments as rushed as maybe they will feel this postseason. Well, if you think about the NFL, you know, all year they may nitpick pass interference. Mm. And then once they get to the playoffs, yeah, it's it goes out the window. <laughs> now, I don't know if you can do that with a clock, right? Like, you know, you got the game clock, it's a little bit different. But yeah. you would think that they would do something to give a little bit more where I hate for – a critical point in the game. You never like the umpire to put the game in his hands. Now, inevitably, sometimes they do, but you'd like to eliminate that option for them and maybe give them a little bit more time and not call a ball when it's 3-2, you know, bases loaded, right, and two outs, and all of a sudden there's a clock violation and the game's over with because of that. That would be the worst-case scenario for Major League Baseball, right? (laughs) I agree. I I think one thing is for sure, there will be tweaks to the rules, Mm -hmm. and I think they just want this full year of data, collect it, see what they need to tweak going into next mm. season. One thing I wanted to ask, obviously you're versatile in that you've called football, both college, pros, voice of Madden, a little bit of everything, like a lot of broadcasters along mm. along their journey. I mean, I, Ben Ingram is one of my good good buddies, and I, I, I love hearing his stories about how he got here you know he's got and he's got some funny ones some that can be told here and a lot that can't be um but one thing i wanted to ask you what is it is there something about baseball calling a baseball game that's special to you oh, as yeah. opposed to the other sports and oh, what, yeah. what is that baseball is what i fell in love with and when i got out of college the first job i knew that i wanted i wanted to start in minor league baseball and i got a rookie mm-hmm. league job with the Oram Owls, a rookie league affiliate for the los angeles angels and actually uh, re-met darren o'day yesterday because that was his first stop so nice. Darren, I, I called Darren O'Day's first appearance of professional baseball. And real quick story, and I told Darren, I reminded him, he didn't remember this, but Darren roomed with another pitcher, Jeremy Haynes, who never made it to the majors. And I was going over to meet Jeremy for lunch, and I hadn't met Darren yet. And I'm walking up to the apartment complex, and I see Darren outside on the sidewalk. It's a hot, sunny day, and he's got Fruit Loops lined up, and he's got a magnifying glass, <laughs> and he is trying to attract ants to the Fruit Loops and then direct the sun 
like to pop these ants. And I was like, wow. hey, I'm Brandon. He's like, he's like, hold on. He pops an ant. He's like, hey, I'm Darren. That is how I met Darren O'Day. And I've heard a lot wow. of stories from, from Frenchie about, yeah, that's kind of on par with who Darren O'Day wow. is. But, but anyways, to get back to your original question about baseball, baseball is romantic, more so than football and basketball. There's just no question. And the broadcast style of baseball is relaxed. It lends itself to storytelling. It lends itself really to me to show off the art of what a broadcaster is supposed to do. And so, and you could say maybe that I'm romantic about it because I fell in love with it as a young kid through Braves baseball. But to me, even if you didn't fall in love with it as a kid, when you broadcast all the sports, baseball just has a different rhythm and a different cadence that feels natural when you've got a headset on. And so, I knew that it, I always wanted baseball to be a part of my story, and I'm thankful that it is. Well, I, can, I can tell you, um, and I told some some folks at Bally this. So we've got marketing. We've got weekly calls with with folks over at Bally, which is great, just to check in and help help each other any way we can. Um, and I and I told some folks over there this, and this is true. Brave social media, in particular the Twitter community. Well, all of them. They're dedicated uh, and spirited. <laughs> spirited. And that's a good way. Active. <laughs> uh, these are, <laughs> and I love them for that. Uh, getting them all to agree on anything, much. Like like anything else on the internet is pretty tough but i've seen nothing but love and praise for the, you and the way you and jeff work together and it's it's been so great to see because everybody at least on one point they might argue about the lineup every day or bullpen decisions whatever <laughs> front office whatever but that's the one thing so far that uh, everybody seems to be they're just thrilled and they've they've loved uh, loved listening to you like we have well, so i just want to pass I, that along well i really do appreciate that and i do have a twitter account i i'm careful with checking it at times yep. for the reason you mentioned. <laughs> I will say this, and I appreciate all that. It's still, I, you know, I used the term honeymoon phase earlier. There will be a time where that's not always the case. They, There will be people, I'll say something that they disagree with, or I'll mess mm-hmm. up something, and they'll let me hear about it. So that honeymoon phase will go away. But bottom line is this, I, my approach to it is going to be that I am passionate about Braves baseball, mm-hmm. and I just want to bring that to the booth. And I hope that they know that at the end of the nine innings, win or lose, I wanted the Braves win. Wanted the Braves to win just as much as anybody that was at the ballpark or watching or down in that dugout. Uh, so uh, this is this is like I said, it's a dream job for me, and to be able to call these games is something that I've always wanted mm-hmm. to do. Well, I have one last question before we get to, to Max. Last questions yeah. or question? Much has been made about your Waffle House order. So, <laughs> Mac, I don't know if you've seen Brandon's. Uh, Bally did a really funny piece on his 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 Waffle House order is he gets five scrambled eggs on top of the waffle and then douses it in syrup. So it's <laughs> nice. like one collection. I like that. Uh, interesting. Five, right? Okay. Five. So nice. I'm I'm love Waffle House. I always get the eggs and I always got to get a waffle. I can't put them together. <laughs> so much has been made about this. I just wanted to know when was the first time you ordered this? How did that meal come about? So I play basketball with a group of guys and we usually play from nine to ten thirty. So it's late at night. When I get done with basketball, there's not much open. So when I first moved to Atlanta, was at Georgia Tech way back 2013, 2014. I'd finished a game late. I tried to get a Domino's pizza, and I couldn't. I was like, well, I know what's open. Waffle House is open. <laughs> That's right. And I went in there. And being from the, where I'm from in Indiana, there's not a Waffle House. There was I'd never been to Waffle House. There was IHOP, but there was not one even close to my hometown. And so I said, all right, I got to try this Waffle House thing. I'm in Atlanta now. And I just I love eggs. I love a waffle. And I was like, you know, I'm so hungry. Just give me five eggs and a waffle. And I remember her looking at me like, 
that's kind of strange, but okay. You don't want anything <laughs> diced or chunked or screwed. I was like, no, just live it. And, and I ate it and I put the syrup on top. I was like, man, that was fantastic. So I went back a second time and I got it. And I don't know, over the last eight, nine years, that's just been my go-to order. Okay. I realize it's a lot of food. I realize it's a little strange, but I've gotten to the point now where I just love it and I can't get mm, enough great. of it. So well, there I, you go. I'll tell you, the, uh, after game six of the 2021 NLCS, Braves you know, win, yep. clinch the trip to the World Series. I won't say everything that led up to it, but I know at about quarter to 6 a.m., <laughs> myself, Ben Ingram, Kevin McAlpin, my fiance then now wife, and some other folks from the radio crew all ended up at Waffle House. I couldn't tell you what – I could have had your meal for all I know. I have no idea what we – I know we ate. Somebody uh, ate something. God bless Ben. I, he paid for everybody, I think. I didn't – whatever I ate. I ate something. I didn't pay for it. Uh, but I hope we get to have a repeat of that. And if we do, I'm, I'm getting the Brandon uh, this year. So. I like there it. You go. Yeah. Something tells me you had a couple of bottles of water before that meal. <laughs> we were well. We were a well-hydrated crew That's that, right. that night. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a pass because you're from Indiana. Um, <laughs> down here in the south, we do cat head biscuits, gravy, sausage, uh-huh. and eggs, and I put that all on top of each other and eat it that way. But right. I'll, I'll be willing to try the waffle. I'm, I'm, well, I'm let good me tell you, what you just described, I'm all in on that, too. <laughs> That's right. You don't have to twist That's my right. arm. Well, um, I, I wanted to make one comment about cheering for the Braves, and I think that's one of the great things about being a broadcaster for a team is that you can be a homer, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're bouncing around, it, it makes a little, yep. you got to be a little bit more objective. So, but we, uh, we're excited about this year. Thank you so much for joining our team. And, uh, we look forward to some great calls and, and it's just a great place to be. So we appreciate you being a part of it. And thanks for coming on the show. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me and can't wait to get more time in the future and start this journey together. That's it's right. going to be a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank Sounds you, Brandon. Good. Our thanks again to Brandon Gaud for joining us here on Behind the Braves. Greg, uh, season's underway, and I know you are, we're all busy around here, but I know you are especially very busy. you got all kinds of stuff going on. What's going on in your world? Yeah, we've we've uh, had a great time putting together uh, a lot of different things from a growing a game's perspective. So one, one of the things that I get a chance to do now is be involved in amateur sports, specifically baseball and softball. So we have our Braves Country Battles that are going on all around the Southeast. You can go to braves.com slash growing the game and see all the things that we've got going between RBI registrations, our clinics. We've got 48 clinics around Atlanta this year. 24 in baseball, 24 in softball. Real excited about that. Uh, all that we have, um, our instructors, high school coaches that are working with us. We put together a, a pretty good, um, I think it's pretty good, I think it's great, a, a curriculum that we have that we're teaching young people. So ages um, 6 to 12. Uh, will be in hopefully in a place near you. So if you're looking for uh, to get one of your kids in a clinic this year, we'd love to have you out. So check us out there again, braves.com slash growing the game. And then of course, all of our alumni thing, we've got alumni all around the ballpark. If it's not in the broadcast team, they're doing sweet appearances and we got our alumni Sundays. Uh, alumni weekend is not going to be till later in the year in August, uh, August, August 18th. She can look for that. But, but certainly every homestand uh, on Sundays, we're out in the plaza. I think the next up is Sid Bream is going to come nice. in and um, he'll be here, sign autographs and be here for a couple of days. So real excited about him coming back. Always love having our alumni out. They do such a good job interacting, but they're, they're involved with us all year long, not just on special, you know, weekends like uh, alumni Sunday, but they're doing all kinds of things there that are, uh, if you come out to one of our clinics, you'll get to meet an alumni. We give you a baseball card, you get a Jersey, you get a hat and uh, get some great instruction, get 
get to meet an alumni. He'll sign a baseball card for you. And uh, so you can you can meet them there. You can meet them at our tournaments at the Braves Country Battles. They're out there. So we've got our alumni busy. And that's the way I like it. They, these guys are very gracious with their time, and they want to be a part of all the things that we're doing. So Speaking of alumni, alumni weekend, Andrew Jones getting his number oh, retired, yeah. which I know your old teammate. Uh, I think I'm sure he helped yours and every other pitcher on the <laughs> yeah, stats ERA right. and stats oh, a little my bit. Gosh. So well, well deserved, and I know we're excited for him. With wow, that. yeah, greatest uh, greatest center fielder that the game has probably seen, and I couldn't be happier for him getting number 25 put up there on the wall. And I know Andrew's super excited, so I couldn't happen to a better person. And I know that uh, it's been it's been a long time coming, so. Uh, should be should be exciting time. We'll we'll have that some point time during the. I think that's going to be in September. Yeah, it's going to be later in the year. So that's going to be something else to look forward to. So mm-hmm. really, really, just so many exciting things planned uh, for everybody in Braves country that's coming out to Truist Park and the Battery this year. I know yesterday in marketing meetings we were talking about you know we've got the Outcast bobblehead giveaway. We've got a lot of really cool bobblehead giveaways this year. We're really excited about that one and some potential things we're going to do around that to make a whole night out of it. it was, I think I already had people asking me about that. Hey, can you give me one of those? Oh bobbles? yeah, it's going to be a pop. It's going to be a very <laughs> in demand. It's going to be one. in the all-time uh, bobblehead list. It's 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 instantly it's going to be one of the good ones. So and that's just one example. You know, yeah. it's such a we've built such a and by we I mean everybody in this organization from the top down have built such a fun atmosphere there's a reason obviously we've got a good team that's always number one that's what draws sure. that's what brings people out here number one we've got a really good team and as we talked about with brandon if we can stay healthy we're, we're right there in it with everybody yeah. or anybody i and think bobbleheads are big i mean bobbleheads are big they might be right below the they team might be <laughs> yeah well that's what we talk about all the time number one is you know team performance yeah. but right underneath that that we can the rest of us can control here atmosphere, is atmosphere right? and providing a fun time for you if you come out here and mm-hmm. i know even you know with my wedding last month all my family and friends stayed somewhere around the battery when before the team was even back you know the team was still in florida we weren't playing yet and all of them all my family from virginia and friends and whatnot they're all walking around this place all weekend and some of them were here for more than they were here for a few days and they're just like this is unbelievable this mm-hmm. is so cool and now and it's interesting you read articles about teams not just in baseball but in other sports that they're wanting to build a new arena a new stadium whatever this is the model for it right here and with good reason this is where they if they're wanting to try to do it they come here and walk around and see what's been built here and that's because it's a fun place to be there's a reason at least 30,000 and usually closer to 40,000 people are here every night because it's just a fun place to be and you get to see a really good baseball team that's right so that's right well our thanks again to Brandon for joining us we're so excited to have him not only on the broadcast but just as part of our Braves family here and we're really excited to have you all with us every week so uh without uh well, without me rambling anymore, we'll just I'll just wrap it up here. So for Craig McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you all next week.